0: And the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey,
1: what's up everybody? It's Thursday, March 1st, 2012, episode 24 of Attack of the Androids over on aota.groovypost.com. Joining me tonight got a great cast. Jeremy, what's up?
2: Hey, what's going on, Matt?
1: Good, good. Seth, what's up, man? Uh, Mobile World Congress is up, Matt. Oh, man. Are you in Barcelona right now? Is that what took you so long to get here? <laughs> Eric. I wish. Eric, what's up, man? I'm so happy to
3: be here tonight. You have no
1: idea. Oh, I do have an idea because <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. Joey, what's up, man?
0: Hey, as always, pleasure to be here on the best podcast on the Internet.
1: I think Joey's the only one that's actually legitimately happy to be here. So thank you, Joey, for being true to the form uh, we do the show once a week. Record Thursday, posted on Friday. You can check it out. Uh, every episode we've done one through twenty-three. Let's pimp some articles first. Who's been writing lately? I got a couple new posts up on GroovyPost.com. Android related. Want to use your smartphone to control your game emulators? You can do that. Want to use your Genex to control Sonic CD on your Prime? You can do that. You want to unlock your bootloader? Eric, how'd that go? Ah,
3: uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was actually it was. Probably the, the most fun I've had writing an article nice. um, Tell was us writing it. why I unlocked the bootloader. And that was a great piece, and end. I want to
2: take a little bit of credit for telling you to write it. Yes. Yeah, all credit goes to Jeremy
3: on this one, because <laughs> I was just like, eh, I already wrote a how-to. Why do people need to know why? He was like, no, Eric, people need to know why. So I'm like, okay. why not? you want to know why. Yeah. No, nah, basically, know. it's just me ranting. Well, that's good.
1: Yeah, what do you gain unlocking this thing? Cuz I'm still running locked everything, not rooted, none of that stuff. Still trying to get that that default experience dialed in, you know. Give it up. No, honestly,
2: yeah. they, let's let's Give revisit it never gonna happen. Let, let's
1: revisit the prime reboot issues real quick, shall you know? we? 0.15 has come out. And still lots of angry people on XDA. But B- I want to know but-
4: how many forum posts, man. Oh, a really, well, that's my burning question.
1: Let me check. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> But check this out. Still mine is bulletproof now. No reboots, no problems running on all the cores, all that stuff. It's perfect. But a lot of people are still having problems. So what that tells me is that there was a bad batch of chips, right? Cuz that if it fixed a lot of them, but there's still a bunch still having problems, that's a bad hardware, right?
2: Or people messed with settings trying to get it to work and now that the the good codes in there. But the only thing you could really undone stuff
1: the only thing you could have done was done that out of cycle update but then they should have put you back into get the next one which is what i read but i i don't know that could have messed something up i
2: guess no but i mean i mean like there's stuff under the hood i don't know how much you can get you without rooting but i I could see that there's stuff you could do you know maybe they're infected
1: would that cause random reboots like that on an Andro- I guess we're we're not too familiar with Android infections and what they do other than steal your data right with computers we're used to oh look this is acting a certain way so we know there's a virus on it but with Android it's kind of we're still kind of learning how it should act when it's infected I guess I don't know mines never in been real-
0: general anyone who's writing a virus or attack code um, doesn't have a chance to test it under every single circumstance possible so there's quite frankly often bugs. Uh, That doesn't say all the time, but often there are. But listen, listen,
1: even if you are releasing one version, well, okay, you have two, you have the worldwide version, right? And then you have this version. What's different? I mean, why are you, if you tested it, it should be just fine, right? Should be. Who said they tested it? So that, well, that's what I'm saying. And they didn't because we saw how rushed it was. But they're testing it now, or excuse me, we're testing it now. Which who pays five hundred bucks for, to beta test something? Besides, I do me and you and Eric. Oh, how's, and me. Your, how's your
3: yeah. prime, Eric? Is it stable? It's fine. And I mean, that's why I was just like, you know what, I I might as well just just uh, unlock the bootloader. Um, I mean, I, I have not had stability problems. I really want to, you know, start getting into some of this stuff, like ice, uh, like the customized ice cream sandwiches, CM9, things like that. Um, so, I mean, screw it. I just figured, what the hell, I'll go ahead and do it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little irritated, though, because there's been some software problems, like you're talking about, Matt, but I'm even reading about, like, some people having hardware issues, like with their screens and things like that. And that's why it really pissed me off that, you know, as part of this tool, you're basically saying I've unlocked my bootloader and now anything that happens to it, hardware, software, whatever, is no longer covered in the warranty. Well, and check
1: this out. That's exactly what we were talking about last week where we said if they wouldn't have locked the bootloader in the first place, they wouldn't have the reason to pull your warranty when you do unlock it. And then even if what you did has nothing to do with what happened, you're still screwed because of what you did unlocking it, even though that had nothing to do with how it broke. So yeah. they could have released a batch of just completely faulty primes, and everyone that rooted it thinking, oh, hopefully this will fix it, is now completely effed.
2: It's a cop-out
3: for poor quality control.
1: It, it is, it's, right? No,
2: it's not. Why do it's you not. have er, your er, customers... You do, Eric, you do support. You don't, How would you... You, you know, don't... when you're hiring jokers at 910 bucks an hour you can give them a script because you know the problems that are coming in if somebody roots you've just compounded that that script and you've made it some factor of 10 harder to figure out what's going on and your support costs go up dramatically but listen, what Yeah, but that
3: but you're looking at it you're looking at it the wrong way because you're assuming that you would have you would want these support people to, you know, stay with, you know, to figure out the actual root cause of the issue. That's not true because that's only when you get to like tier 3 level support. For most of your people, you're going to want them to just follow the script and at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, you should have some sort of tool and we know they exist because we have them for Motorola and HTC that resets the uh, the device back to factory settings. An SBF, yeah. right? And An SBF, SBF, RUU, for Motorola. You know, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, depending on your manufacturer. Do you think that these companies have taken a different approach because they don't view tablets as? They, they don't view tablets as computers. They view them as disposable devices that they can sucker consumers into just rebuying when they break. Wait, wait, wait. How is $500 disposable? I mean, I don't know what kind of income you guys
1: are on, but to me, like, I had to put this thing on layaway almost just so I could write about it. And then j- it's like a slap in the face to get to beta test something that they should have done the testing by paying people to test it. Like, I'll test it fine, but don't take my money. Like, that's BS. Wait until the TF-701 comes out, and then take my money after we've all tested this one. I would have taken a free one to test it and then send it back so that I can buy the right one. Like, that seems so messed up to me, that you have your, your customer base beta testing your top-of-the-line tablets. Didn't,
2: I don't think they knowingly put these things out. Come on. What do They're you They're not stupid. What do you mean? They didn't knowingly send out all these defective units.
1: No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, had more testing and proper testing gone on what they did was when they came out they were fine because they were running honeycomb it was ics that broke something with the tegra as far as i understand so that should have been tested when you rush an update to make it before
2: but ces you even you've even said that there were plenty of people that didn't have issues
1: right but there are plenty so
2: that are how so you know like you said bad batch of chips it's entirely possible that that well, batch wasn't labeled as a separate, you know, trackable. serial But check number this out: set. we're I mean, seeing there's, there's, there's we're,
1: reasons. We're seeing primes with the same serial number as mine still messed up. So that I would say bad batch of chips because mine is serial number.
2: Then they're counterfeit.
1: No, some of them didn't have serial numbers. The so early they're
2: counterfeit. You bought a counterfeit no, gadget.
1: No, they messed up when they put them out. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Some of these came with no serial numbers. Some of them have old ones. Some of them have the Beacock serial mm-hmm. number. That's Ooh, the one like I have.
2: HTC stuff.
1: Well, the 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 post for uh for Seth, 135 pages now. So
4: Yeah, I was really curious about that.
1: I know. You're welcome. But .15 fixed for some people, some people not. So I don't know. I've been telling people when they ask what tablet I should get, I tell them to wait for the TF-701 if they want Android or go talk to somebody else if they <laughs> you know,
4: want, you know. <laughs> you know, Matt, my opinion on this is, I, I know Eric, Eric had a very impassioned rant at the end of his <laughs> article. Uh, and I, I mean, I I understand what he's saying, and it makes some sense. But if I'm a manufacturer, uh, my response is I lock the bootloader and keep it locked, Right Um, because then people can't mess with the uh, cpu they can't do all this other problem my support is easier i don't have to do all this other junk i mean maybe maybe you could release a tool that reverts everything back to factory settings and that that may fix some things i mean that's not a bad solution but um and so i mean as an android user i want them to open all that stuff up right i want these unlock tools and i want the ability to do these things and um, if it comes down to choosing between, you know, losing my warranty and having the ability to unlock, I would choose that, as opposed to, like, having everything locked down and then losing the ability to unlock.
1: Kind of makes me wish I would have went with the note, huh? <laughs> Seth, you wrote something also on a new domain.net, our little sister site. What is going on at Mobile World Congress? Some Android love? I heard some hugs. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a, you know, this article mostly
4: focuses on smartphones, Um there's been some tablet news there too, which has been sort of interesting, nothing really amazing, but uh, I just looked at you know what's going on and what's going on with smartphones, and then what are some of the trends going on right now so like one trend let's just set the smartphone aside for a second. One trend that was interesting was sort of these um, the emergence of these i don't know what i don't know what to call them upcoming manufacturers
1: or something like that
4: really. Yeah, so um, we have like something. It's like a company called Tianu. And
1: so are Huawei, you are you then, saying aside from the major players, HTC, Motorola, Samsung, right. uh, Arcos yeah. is Arcos still major? <laughs> well, no. Like I mean, not for public, no like
4: LG. Okay. LG, you would still fit with probably one of the major ones, right?
1: Yeah, um, LG makes a lot of TVs and a lot of uh, yeah, they've burner. Had
4: a, they've had some some success with smartphones, and they had a new smartphone this year that looked kind of interesting, the 4D Mac or something like that, or the 4 Mac. I forget what it's
1: called. Interesting. The 4 HD. Or I, I've got it. I can put a little up. So tell me, uh, sum it up in two words, what was Mobile World Congress all about this year?
4: I mean, I think Mobile World Congress There's more than two words on this podcast.
1: You're supposed to say Mobile World. Moving on. <gasps> mobile phones. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Done. No. Uh, Seth is... I, I agree with Seth because people that listen to this show want to know about the new stuff that's coming out. What I have a hard time with is how much new stuff is coming out and how wasteful we are as consumers. Our landfills are filled... And I don't want to be the hippie here, but our landfills are filled with lithium-ion batteries and electronics. And this is ridiculous because... What what are we going to do with all that stuff? It's just going to sit there
2: forever. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold forever. on. Forever. Hold on.
1: Unless you just sell
2: it. Hold on. Are you blaming the iteration rate of phones? A little for bit. For contributing A little to- bit? The waste issue?
1: First, I blame people for just never being satisfied with anything. Then I blame the media for programming people to never be satisfied
2: with anything. Just spent—we've spent the last like three years complaining about the Transformer Prime. Right. I, it's about to you end up in and the spearheading landfill. Spearheading that argument.
1: It's about to go in the landfill with all the rust. <laughs> oh, my God. No, and I—I I, I get it. it's just with the contracts and all this stuff, like. You can only be interested in the new stuff if your contract's up or you're rich. Like, that, the rest of us, we can't get a new phone for another two years because we got suckered. I mean, we bought the, the Galaxy Nexus, which I love
2: now. Or you buy the used That's phones on phone. eBay a year a after phone. they come out, like Jeremy does. And then you're not locked into a contract and you're getting, new phone, you're getting a used phone cheaper than you're getting the refurb phone. Really? Really.
1: You just like sniffing through everybody's old data they forget to wipe. I know your game.
3: I
2: found some great pictures I on bet,
1: these phones. I'll, I'll tell you, you what. We'll post them. We will. So,
3: hey Seth, I, I got a question for you because I'm going to move it back to phones. Thank uh, you. Other than jerky, <laughs> creepy hat. Uh, have you noticed, like in all of these pictures that you have in your article of these new phones coming out, it doesn't look like anybody's really taking advantage of like the entire phone as uh, as being screen real estate, like we were talking about before. It's like like the even Max the Sony Xperia. Yeah, like even the Xperia S, it has the. It looks like it has the, um, you know, the area for, uh, for where like the back button and things like that go. But it, there are it the, has yeah, this there. chunk of. It has this big chunk of like, I don't like extra phone at the bottom. It's like white. That could have I mean, been screened.
4: Yeah, you know, I think that's a really interesting. Um, no one, I don't think any of these phones, in my opinion, are st- are as good looking as the Nexus. Still, I agree. I think, I think the Nexus is. Still the prettiest. It's the way know, the Seth sick. is.
1: Do you notice? It's the way the sunlight glistens off of all of the scratches in the screen. It's like beautiful, glittery sparkles. I love it. I love it. Yeah,
4: you know my uh, or my wife's Nexus. She doesn't even have a case on it, and it just doesn't have any scratches on it. Still, are you and she a, Maybe well, I, I don't
1: just, know what's going on, but she has your, her pockets lined with your soft, supple hair. <laughs> then, because my your is, hair,
4: you know, er, chinchilla. Er, 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 here's what I would say about. You know, let's talk about phones for a second. I want to get back to those secondary manufacturers, but let's talk about the phones for a second. Um, you know, like this HTC phone, which is pretty impressive. You know, just like spec-wise, um, and you know the screen is supposed to be amazing, but it just looks like an HTC phone. You know, in general, it doesn't look. It's you know, it, it's a lot thinner than HTC. You know, HTC has been in this like downtrend, right? Like, HTC has sort of been like a bad term in the past maybe six months and they're trying to turn it around. This phone does a decent job with that because it's thin and light and really powerful. But it's sort of boring looking. You know, that's why I included the Xperia S because at least it's like unique looking. You know, like that, as weird as that little Is it though,
1: Seth? The Xperia bar. S looks like my Droid X, let's be honest. No, but it's that clear shape.
4: bar is, you know, it's like interesting to have an antenna and a clear bar and then some more electronics. Seth, it's a gimmick and it looks like Kit from Knight Rider. No, oh, I know, but hold on. But, but does it like, go... So whew, whew. Now, something stupid: is the Whew. Xperia S, and maybe they'll fix this in the software update. It doesn't. So you don't know, see that clear bar. The There's two versions below this one. I think it's called the Xperia U and the P or something like that. And the lowest one, the bar actually lights up and turns into like an LED indicator. Of course it does. So if you have a message, it like flashes green very lightly, or or a sure shine. And then if it's like if the screen is blue, it sort of turns blue to match the screen. That's actually a really interesting idea, right? Instead of just have this little blinking indicator, your whole that whole clear bar will turn colors. Now that's not implemented yet on the Xperia S, of course, because um, it's with, hard to do, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. They should. <laughs> I, I think understand. the best phone of the group should have the coolest feature, but it doesn't. Uh, anyways, I mean, it's it's still different. You know what I mean? Like the problem with phones these days, you have to you have to hold on to anything that's new, right? And this is new ish. <laughs> Uh, you have to hold anything that's unique because there's really not much out there that's unique. And Do you so, think
1: you could ride a quad core until quantum computing happened? Or is there going to be something in mobile that goes above and beyond the quad core and things develop for it? Or can we can we be happy with a quad core uh, device?
4: No. there's. I mean, I, I, we talked about this last week. There's always going to be a better. But there's no, be listen, though.
1: Your bottleneck at this point is juice. You're not making any great strides in battery development. So keep putting more cores in, keep eating our little batteries you give us, keep charging us more for big batteries. And then what? It lasts an hour?
4: That's you know, cool. You you may, you may make a good point that we may not get more power. Like right? we may not get a cores or super but what power. I'm saying. But that's we'll get. We'll get smaller. You know, we'll go down to 32 to 18, you know, the
1: nanometer chipsets, you know, whatever. But don't you think quad core is a good place to stop? And reassess your situation and say, you know, if we keep putting bigger screens or more cores in, we're going to have zero battery life. Especially once LTE is everywhere, we know LTE is quite the battery hog. You're not. You're going to have to run around with backpacks with batteries in them, like uh, Mr. Laporte does. I mean, t-
4: I'll tell you this. How part. do you? It doesn't. Go ahead. Sorry, Chairman. No, go. I was going to say that it doesn't matter. I, I mean, companies need to iterate. They need to, right? They need to come up with a new, better chip to sell new, better phones so that, you know, so that Texas Instruments can have a bottom line and Samsung can have a bottom line and we all want new, the newer, better phones. And that's what will happen. So whether we as consumers need newer and better, there'll be newer and better phones out there. Like, that's just, that's just no matter what happens. like Either the new cut chips will have more power or they'll have better battery life or they'll be smaller so that, you know, we can have smaller, thinner, lighter, better battery phones. So, I mean, well, it's never
1: not... We see this in gaming all the time, you know, the, the next generation chips come out and then games come out that take full advantage of it and then yesterday's system can't play the game. I don't see that happening with the mobile though. Like you're going to get to a certain point where I feel like Moore's law is going to run out quicker for mobile than it does for regular even though it's all computing, I understand that, but i can't see it iterating much more than that i don't i don't know uh, without having a burst in the battery which we've seen the the nexus the galaxy nexus has a 2100 milliamp battery right they're just now coming out with a 3300 milliwatt milliamp which does that make you mad like why didn't you just put it and make it come with the 3100 one like why do we i get it's consumerism and capitalism it's just aggravating
4: well, and maybe it wasn't a, maybe the technology wasn't there you
1: really because I mean? the to... razor max seemed to be just fine with its 3300 milliamp battery
2: this is how it's always going to be there's always going to be something newer and better right around the corner and you just gotta if you're gonna if you're gonna play in this space you got to suck it up and you got to deal with that
1: nice i
3: need to hit the lottery
1: I mean, to continue it... playing in this space
3: isn't this the same I mean the same thing that we saw with laptops back in the day? Like I would get pissed because I would buy a laptop and it's like, "Oh, I just paid $2000 for this great machine yeah. and then the next month something even better's out." I mean, it's just it is, it's what we deal with because we like technology and we yeah, buy it. Yeah,
1: I, I get that. It just seems like they're focusing on the wrong areas. Just personally, th- from what I've seen, like I, I would way rather a company spend R&D dollars on something other than how many more cores can we cram in this thing? How much yeah. bigger can we make the screen? How much brighter can we make it burn your eyes when you're trying to read? Uh, like, although, Do something Matt, different.
4: I mean, here, here's, here's what I'll say. You're right in the sense that we are getting... It seems to me as a consumer, I'm getting to a point where, you know, I could see in like one or two generations, I'll have most of the things I could, I can right now think that I would want on a phone, right? Like LTE is plenty fast. It seems like it's plenty fast for a lot of things, right? Yeah, for sure. I'd have a beautiful 720p screen, maybe 1080p eventually. I mean, a beautiful screen with super high pixel density, with a great battery. Yep. Um, with like, you know, let's say quad core with great graphics, right? I mean, there's, there comes a point where you're like, what more do I want? And, I, and maybe I could see that happening. But right now we're not there, right? Like we're not. And and what my my point is is that maybe when we are there, I'll see something else. I'm like we're not there yet. You know what I mean? Like right now, I don't feel like we're there because even for instance, let's say this new HTC phone, right? The HTC One X. That's their that's their new flagship phone, <laughs> right? Like here in the states, it it can't do. It's not a quad core, right? Because that is, this is the other thing that came out of Mobile World Congress is that Tegra three. You can't have LTE with it right now. You have to you either have to pick Quad core with HSPA plus or you know, whatever you know, um, whatever world bands you want to use C, uh, GSM bands, or you can have an LTE phone with a dual core chip. Right, like right now you can't have quad core and LTE. There's no chip out there. Well, there may be one of those one of those uh, secondary manufacturers like I was talking about may have a chip out there that can do both. I forget what they have an LTE
1: radio. So on. it's not that. Hold on, let's let's be clear here. It's not that. Tegra 3 doesn't work with LTE it's, that it's still in development so yes, exactly. it doesn't yeah, for but sure. it, it's not that it can't it's that it hasn't yet but it will oh, exactly. eventually yeah, okay. well,
4: they've already said that they're working on it Okay. oh yeah yeah. that's for sure there will be ones but we're not there yet you know what I mean like the Tegra 3 does not have LTE which right question
1: now. real quick if, and if you guys don't know we'll just move on but what does your processor have to do with your wireless antenna and what is the confliction here confliction Yes.
4: Well, I think Conflict? I, I don't really know, but I do know that companies are wanting them these radios to start being built like with the CPU because it apparently has better you know power More consumption better tr- Oh, okay. Yeah, if it's on like the same chipset or something like that or I don't I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that there's sort of a move in these CPUs to start sort of folding in these radios into the CPUs or at least in the chipset as opposed to having, like, a whole separate unit.
1: So you put your NFC in your battery, your wireless antenna in your processor, your screen right on top where you can touch it, and there you go. Well, so,
4: I mean, that was a, that was an interesting development, it, I found, at least. So, like, for instance, uh, the European version will get a quad-core of this HTC phone, and then the U.S. will only have a dual-core, dual core, but it will have LTE. Uh, interesting i thought that you know it kind of feels like we're getting gypped in a sense but then we're getting lte which is better so I mean, well some
1: of us some of us are we haven't quite got it up in montana yeah. yet but no one yeah. day. and then the um we got to so dig th- up some more farmland first so here's the last thing i want
4: to talk about was i know on this phone previously i mean on this podcast previously i had totally made fun of the asus pad phone the phablet or yeah. No. it's no. It's not a fab. I mean, it's not a fab. Maybe that. Maybe that is a phablet, and those other th- things aren't. Maybe but, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, maybe these big phones are just big phones. But this is actually something we should call a phablet because you know the the theory behind it is, is you have one processor, one GPU, uh, that you carry around with you, and then you just like you know you snap that thing in into every, all these different screen form factors, whatever. Right. So. Uh, this thing has a, well, the reason I made fun of it, you know, I think it was made a couple months ago was because the original version had this giant bump on the back that looked just ridiculous. Mm. It looked silly. Right. But now, now they've got that rid of that bump. And so now it's kind of a slick looking tablet, which just has this little like, uh, slot you open up on the back and slide your phone in. And then, you know, it mirrors whatever's on your phone. And now you have like a 10 inch tablet, um, that's run by your phone. Right and has a big. It's basically just a battery, I think, in there.
1: I like how the rest of us shop based on cores and processing and all that. And Seth's like, you know, I don't like the way that looks. Next, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, Seth.
4: Um, and so uh, I thought. That, I mean,
1: here's my thought on this. I don't think this
4: works. Like this iteration isn't great. But uh, if someone could come out with like a really nice tablet, a really thin phone, uh, I could see it being useful to buy. Like one high-powered, expensive phone, right? They carry with you, and then like a step-down version of a tablet, which is just you're just paying for the screen and the battery. But let's
1: think about it this way: Will that ever happen, or do the carriers enjoy charging you for each device you want to hook up to the internet? Matt,
4: that is the really fascinating point, too, right? Is then like Asus is trying to say that you will now only need one data plan.
1: Oh, that would be nice. Can you talk to? can you that, tell Verizon that works that? with
4: your phone, your tablet, and then your like computer? I mean, you know, then they also have like a dock that you like a keyboard dock, right? So then now it's like a so now you dock your tablet, your like ten inch screen tablet into the keyboard dock, and you have like a computer that's run by your phone, you know, and that still now runs with the one uh, data card that you have in there. Um, one of
0: the one okay, SIM cards. May- maybe maybe I'm all wet, and you guys can tell me if I am, but I I've been hearing about this. We're going to have one device, uh, minimal device, less devices, less screens, more portability. My hippie dreams and it never come true.
1: happens ever. It almost. Hold on, Joey. Do you remember old school terminal systems? That that was the closest we've gotten to that. Is one main server and then screens running all over it.
0: And we saw how, how fast that disappeared <laughs> yeah. when the PC revolution hit and you could do processing locally.
1: Do you think it's our fault, though? Do we as humans like all of these shiny devices and we can't just drop it down to one? We won't? Or do you think it's, <clears throat> it's the choices we're given?
0: Personally, I think it's just the simple fact that one in the current environment, one device just doesn't make sense. You just – you can't build in the power that you can build into a desktop in a mobile platform. You can't build in multiple hard drives to increase storage but, but hold on a laptop. But does, is that what really
2: matters? I don't think so. Well, Not anymore. I mean, think about – It like, used to. If you, if you have your phone, Joey, and, and maybe your phone usage is different from mine, and maybe mine is different from everyone else's, but if you're sitting there with your phone – If you've got stuff that you want to do, that you can't do with your phone, are you saying, generally, I need more storage or I need faster processing? I'm saying I need a real freaking keyboard and a mouse and a bigger screen. It's
1: interface, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, But aren't we seeing that? We can get
1: all that stuff for our tablets and our phones. We can get projectors for, I mean, we can get all the gimmicky stuff, but is it useful?
0: Well, I mean, I'm thinking of, uh, now again, this may be a niche, uh, not necessarily the majority, but I mean, I, as people know, I photograph weddings and I do other kinds of general photography. You can't just store, With the size of digital photographs these days, you can't just store uh, a a few hundred or a few thousand photos on any old ordinary SD card. You you have to have a huge storage medium to be able to effectively store those. No, you get a Wi-Fi SD
1: on LTE and there you go.
0: Well, okay. Now, if you want to start talking about the the whole cloud thing and and, and getting into that, here's the problem with cloud computing we are one serious security breach away from everybody saying this is totally insecure. If, if the federal government, the IRS... You know, if if a major healthcare provider, if somebody had a huge breach, and the reason for it was because they were using a cloud computing platform, and they ter- and the the root cause was the fact that that is an inherently insecure medium, uh, then the whole thing would fall apart, and now, no one would ever trust.
1: it. Now hold on, whose fault is it? It's insecure. Is it your password that is password, or is it? the exploits and the vulnerabilities that are available for the system and the platform itself
0: it's the fact that by putting any kind of information in a a medium that you do not have physical control over you cannot be 112% sure of its Physical. okay so you're talking
1: you're not talking hacks and breaches you're talking google deciding to be evil with our information or whatever the case may be because i'll tell you dual factor authentication you cannot hack my gmail account you cannot it's impossible if everybody do it bring it bring it on i'll put it out there to As a everybody challenge, bring it on Hasmaticus. you and you just want to yeah it. do it i dare you i dare you I'm so serious. You can't do it because it's secure. And I use good passwords. and I know security with how my password should be and all that. And you have to have my phone to get into it, which I have it right here. But if everybody did that and used real, but it's education. People don't know that. How many people know about Google Authenticator? How many people know you can tell Facebook, don't let me log in until you send a verification code to my phone?
0: Yeah, but but people don't do that now. now people will be able to hack the code, figure out what the code is, and then physically obtain your phone. And uh, then they're in, you know, you're that's what I'm saying, though. If,
1: If you come to physically attain my phone, you're already at my house. By that point, the cloud is the least of my worries. Do you see what I'm saying? But, there but you are can ways obtain
0: the radio information about the phone and clone the phone to another phone, and then receive the text message on on your behalf. See, this, no. the, the, my point is <laughs> is that anything that we can build, I,
1: I hear what you are saying. We can I'm also just, break. I I so, I, under, I fully agree with that. Anything a human made, another human will unmake. I I fully agree. But there's, it's. It's the low-hanging fruit. People are, they're not going to go after people that have this stuff secure. They're going to go after the guy whose password is password and brute forces it in a, in a second. Like, it's, yeah.
0: But that's right. not but the, it, that's not what, the f- it,
1: fault of the cloud. That's the fault of the user. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but at what point, though, does all of the low-hanging fruit start having double authentication?
1: Well, good. Then they'll have to find something else. Would you rather reverse engineer the authenticator app or just figure something else
0: out? I don't know. good point. All right. But my point is is that low-hanging fruit will change. I, I as, agree. And it has. You know,
1: We're seeing just yeah. like the apples. Nobody makes viruses for that. Well, guess what? Now they do because now there's more of you on it. Nobody cared before because nobody was using them. You know? It's just they go where the targets are, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Unless you're anonymous. 46% of adult Americans own a smartphone, which is up from 35% in May of last year. What does that tell you? Their prices are
0: coming down, data plans are staying current, and uh, in general we want to be more connected.
1: I think you're right on the third account. I don't think price or anything like that has as much to do with it as we like to pretend
0: it does. Mm, Oh, I disagree. If it's unobtainable, though, people won't do it no matter how well, much right. might want.
1: But if it's unattainable, how is that your capitalist business model? True. I mean, that's the whole idea of doing a podcast that we don't ever let anybody listen to. Like, you can't listen, but we'll advertise it, but you can't listen. You know, it's like, we made this phone, and it's so awesome, and it has everything you've ever, ever wanted in it, but, oh, I have the only one, and you can't use it. Yeah. But I think Android has helped with this by giving us $100 burner phones, in essence, uh, you
3: still have your iOS. Well, there's $0 choice. Android phones there, now, too. Like, you can get an Android phone for free. Yep. I yep. think that's probably contributed to this more so than even just having the mid-level or uh, Android phones. It's that you can walk in and you can say, hmm, do I want this you know, piece of crap flip phone or do I want something that runs Androids and that can actually have apps on it? Interesting.
2: And then you can get screwed over to the tune of $2,500 while you have either phone. Yeah,
1: in a two-year period, that seems. Uh, eh. Yeah,
2: that, that is that worth it? Is that worth it? Difference makes it makes to sit deal. on
1: hold and say, "Why does my three G oh not God. work?"
3: Tell me. Yeah, uh, I, I have a solution for that though. Republic Wireless.
0: Drink. Awesome. Drink. Aww. Almost
1: half, 46% of all Americans, adults, now own a smartphone, mobile devices that allow users to check email, browse the web, and use hundreds of thousands of apps available, if you didn't know. That's up 11% from the 35% who owned a smartphone in May. 42% of Americans say they own a more basic cell phone, also known as a feature phone. That's
2: a pretty amazing statistic. Isn't it? Because if you, if you think about it. That's half. Almost Everybody I know that has a smartphone has had a smartphone for a while, so that tells me that it's the people that I don't expect to have a smartphone getting a smartphone. Like our parents, parents or or non techies, you know, people that that um, don't view technology with the same um, passion we Reverence. do. That it's it's a tool. I mean, we love tech, but you know, there's clearly people out there that don't, and I think it's a lot of them. I think they're they're viewing it as a tool. And what do you? It's, it's
0: Something that is going to
2: make their life better. I don't know how much of it's required. Well, check
1: this out. Think of it this way. How many of these people that are our age and younger have kids? And these people want something that they can film their kids' lives, right? I I was at this game the other day that there was a bunch of parents and stuff out. Everybody was on Android phones. And granted, maybe because this was in a, a, let's say, lower income area of the state here, which it absolutely is. But it was interesting to see. There was very few iPhones, except what I did notice a lot of were iPads very few iPhones, a few iPads, and all Android devices. It was really odd to watch, but they were using them to film their kids playing games, like doing their baseball, playing basketball, whatever it is, you know? Mm. And I think that increase has really dramatically, because they're like, ooh, I don't have to carry around this snapshot phone or this video camera or this, you know, I can just have my phone and it does HD. It does nice snapshots. It does all this stuff. And I think when you have kids, that's a whole nother, you know, Thing to look at that, yeah, you want to document their lives and stuff. How easy is it to do that if you have this in your pocket all the time? It's a great point. Thank you. You're
0: welcome.
1: What's well, what next? Was it
0: the, ca- the best camera is the one that you have?
1: Pretty much.
2: Exactly.
1: Let's uh, talk about Google's new privacy policy stuff. This affects Android users and non-Android users alike. Basically, any Google users. Uh, We know, what is it, March 1st? That goes into full effect, which is today. Today. Right now. Fantastic. Did you all clear all of your stuff, or are you not worried about it, Jeremy?
2: I so don't care. I'm so over this entire subject, I want to stab someone. Tell me why. Are you sick of hearing about it, or are you sick of... I'm sick of hearing about it, but more importantly, I'm sick of hearing about it from people that are turning this into an issue that is not an issue. This is not an issue. You know who this made it? Example-
1: who made it an issue though? The papers, right? Who was the first right. one right. to blow it up was- that story?
2: Google is an easy target because they're nice and big and yep. people like them but they don't love them. You know, if you make Apple a target, you get you get defense coming back at you. You don't have that with Google. Well, and So it was a nice way to get hits and eye- eyeballs on whatever the pieces were. You think it was link bait? Absolutely.
1: I just feel and- like Apple's at- not Apple doesn't control as much of our personal information as maybe Google does. I mean, if you're an Apple user, do they? Like is it like when you use Gmail and use GDocs? Is is Apple like that? Cuz I don't use their stuff, so I don't really I thought iCloud was all they really had going on. And it was more media focused, not like Google's dealing with our personal information. Apple's dealing with our entertainment, I feel like.
2: I'm I'm not I'm not saying Apple is doing this or more of this. I'm saying that Google is a nice easy target. And so people saw, "Oh, this is happening. I need to make a big stink about it because nobody's going to care if I beat up on Google."
1: Okay, so you're saying the only reason that this is even happening in the first place is because of how the 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 people writing the stories about it have spun it. This never even would have crossed our parents' minds except that it was in, what was it, the New York Times? Who, who wrote that first article that was like, oh my God, Google, Google's going to take all your stuff and spread it everywhere and third party and this and that. Like That was such an appalling article and it was fear-mongering and it was, like you said, it was just link bait.
2: Right, I think it was the time. Because everyone uses it. Yeah. The thing that bothers me the most about the whole thing is that Google is not doing anything that any other site is doing. They're coming out and they're saying, look, we have different properties. First of all, rather than do what every other company on the web does and have these disparate, completely unintelligible privacy policies, we're going to make we're going to make one and you're going to be able to understand it. And it's going to apply to everything that we do. And you know what? You know what? Yeah. Because the web is all about sharing things, and we've got Gmail and calendar and things like that, and sometimes you wanna click a link in your Gmail and have it show up as a calendar appointment, or, and you wanna share, maybe you wanna share to Google+, Plus or do something on one of our other many things, like maps or whatever, we're letting you know ahead of time that we're gonna have data moving back and forth between them. Yes, we're probably gonna sell, sell some ads based on the fact that this can happen. But it's not like we know anything more about you than we ever did. Okay, so And two th- apparently this is cause for alarm. And it drives me nuts. For two th- two things. If
1: the article would have been written how you just put it, would this be such a big stink? I mean, granted, somebody else would have written the article that they wrote. But if if the first one would have stated it as you just stated it, this is to help everybody. Not to steal your data. We already have your data. If we wanted to do that, we would have. Maybe we do a little bit. Personally, I'd rather get targeted ads. I don't want random, you know, generic ads. Maybe it's something I want. Who knows? But do you think that would have went differently if the first article out from a major publication was, hey, this is kind of cool. Everyone else should maybe look at this instead of being like, oh, my God, look out, delete everything. Like, how much would our life suck if you couldn't use Google? I mean, come on. What are you, oh, you? I mean, think bang? it would have been very different. It would, right? And I mean, we would be different because of it, but we wouldn't know because it was different. But if you went from using it now to having all that taken away, like my day to day would just be tarid. I don't want to use Bing. I don't use <laughs> Bing Maps. Come on. Come on. But Bing. yeah, I, I fully agree with you. And I've even up here in Montana, I'm hearing people say, oh my God, did you delete all your, like, no. I don't want Google to be useless. I like it knowing about me so that it can provide me with useful information.
2: That's the point. And that's the thing that's bizarre about this whole thing is that it it made it down into the mainstream. Isn't like, that weird? Everybody knew about this. They didn't
0: have the context
2: to to process it, but they knew about
0: it. Now let that's me bring because it caused fear and panic because people do not. As a whole, understand technology. Let me bring it back around to Android though. Does that have to do
1: with more people using Android phones? Google integrating Google Plus into it and Gmail and all that stuff? Do you think maybe more people know the name Google? And so when this happened, they're like, Ooh, do I use that? And they looked at their phone, they said, Hey honey, what does that say? I don't have my glasses. And she said, Oh, it says Google oh, no, I better delete. Like, how useless would that be if you just wiped all your information? I mean, did any of you guys actually do that? No,
2: because I don't care. uh, I I had
1: already turned mine off. So do you find, well, I guess you wouldn't know then if you you had it on, but I'm just trying to decide, like, how much more useful it is to use Google and all of their uh, applications when it knows about you as opposed to when it doesn't like is it worth it uh, you, know,
4: you know it's weird because I still feel like I'm getting targeted ads <laughs> you know what I mean like I, wh- whoever's tracking me is still even though I shut off Google I'm still obviously being tracked because anytime I anytime I go to a website you know what I mean like I start getting ads for that sort of stuff but
1: now is that Google or is that Facebook that's Google right with the ads
4: I never use I'm always signed on to Facebook so it's it's something other than Facebook and I mean I'm sure there's yeah. like a thousand different ad companies I'm sure I'm being tracked somehow but you know
1: but is it worth it to you to be tra- – I mean, and this is a conversation probably for another time or show, but is, is it worth it for what we get from these companies for to be able to share stuff on Facebook or to be able to use GMaps or docs? Is it worth it to give them a little info about us or a lot of info, it, it, depending on the case?
2: Yes. Absolutely, right?
1: What do you have to hide? And I hate to be the one to make that argument because, yeah, maybe we do have a little something to hide here and there, and as most human beings do – but you need to know enough not to put the things you have to hide on the internet in the first place.
3: I, I wouldn't really approach it as, what do you have to hide? But at the same time, I like this experience that I'm getting with, with Google and you know all their different uh, pieces and parts. So I'm willing to give up a little bit of, uh, you know, of that privacy um, to see where it goes. So, I mean... And, I mean, this is how they're going to make it better.
2: How about this? The entire world economy collapses if this if this happens.
1: It does, in essence, right? Is can we? No, can we, no, not
2: even in essence. It does. Watch, the tech watch.
1: industry the carries the economy. Right? If
2: we stop allowing this exchange of information,
1: right? I see what you're saying.
2: Then every free, free, and I'm using that with, with loose terms, internet service. Collapses because they're all based on some manner of advertising. They're sharing. They're sending data around somewhere. Yeah. Can in, you in some,
1: now that you right? mention it,
2: they go down. Facebook goes down. Google goes down. All these services go down.
1: You know who doesn't? Who Diaspora? <laughs>
2: I'm pretty sure they already went down. Oh
1: dang! That's, that's bro, cold, bro. bro. That's, bro. That's, they would. I mean, tidy. that's a little I, bit extreme,
2: Jeremy. Here they would just,
4: They would just change the t- advertising. I mean. What would change is that they, they would no longer have, do targeted advertising, they, right? No, they now you, have, they was, what's that?
2: You wouldn't have an opportunity. Because, because you're saying we're targeting about, is, advertising is so powerful. I, I, it's not targeted advertising we're talking about. It's, it's, it's the collection of information. For advertising. It's, it, it's, it's for advertising, but it's for – all right.
1: Then don't buy what they're advertising. How about that?
2: if if facebook all of a sudden can't tell i don't know if any of you have ever run through the advertising mechanism at facebook i have yes i have placed ads on facebook yes but it allow you say i want to put ads here i want to put ads for this age group etc if i wanted to do if i wanted to advertise on facebook if we follow this out to its logical conclusion I no longer can target anything. So my ads go up to anyone in the 850 million people in Facebook. Am I going to bother paying for that when I have a company that that services primarily a two-county region? No. It's not useful at that point. Right. And most people are going to do the same thing. So, boom, Facebook's dead.
1: Now, can you think of or can anyone think of any services that are like this that people pay for? Besides maybe, I guess, Flickr, but that's... That, that almost seems different because that's storage that you're paying for, you're not really paying Facebook or if, if they charged, you wouldn't be paying them to store your status updates. So can you think of, of a service like that that has a pay-for model that has actually worked? Because it seems to me all these services only work if they are free. Nobody will use it and it won't get that critical mass without it right the
4: music subscriptions i mean they're, they're they have free parts but a lot of people are paying for them spotify has okay like a million so we customers. have
1: a music music so how many exactly they're doing
4: really well i mean spotify is they, they're like mog and spotify and rdo and uh, you know. i'm
2: not saying they're not doing well i'm saying how you know there's st- three jeremy three <laughs> they're still making money off of the free accounts yeah, they still have advertising. Our right. perception of the internet is that most things are free. I mean, we're all used to buy, uh, prior to the internet, we paid for music. And we have gotten to a point where we have so devalued everything on the internet that things that we would pay for were not even, will- before the internet, we're not willing to pay for even at all. Most of us are not willing to pay for a Spotify account. If you put it in the context of what Spotify is, basically more music than you could ever imagine, whenever you want, as long as you're connected to the internet for, what is it, ten a month, fifteen a month? Why would you pay a month for that that when you can use Google Music?
1: You can use Google Music and do that for free. Yeah, but Google Music
2: you can't get everything. I can't. We used to pay for ACD that usually cost about the same price as one month of unlimited unlimited music. And we won't do that because we've been convinced that the internet and everything on it is or should be free. It's a signal. It's information. And, information should there, be free. To, to, to run this whole advertising data thing out would be so dramatic, people are not going to shift their perceptions overnight. What they will do is stop using the internet. That is going to happen much faster. And the majority of businesses on the internet would collapse because of it.
1: So just real quick, who's uh who's trying to reset my uh, Gmail? Is that you guys? That that would be me. Very nice. Did it work? No. Very nice. And right, moving on.
2: No, I because it looks like you've got all of your. Of all course, of your, uh, but you don't, don't think. Know. Hold on. Listen, I you
1: can. don't. You don't think I would come out on a podcast publicly and say that if I didn't. I mean, come on.
2: Well, I was kind of hoping. I I was,
1: yeah, right. Like, look, kind of oh. funny if
2: I pwned your email. That
1: would have been funny. Hey, guys, I can't get into docs or mail <laughs> or my phone. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's... And I, I agree. If maybe the focus of the internet... At conception wouldn't have been like these free services coming as as they did. You know, MySpace, Friendster. You can follow it back to the beginning. If it would have had a different feel, we would be more apt to pay for it. But because the internet was like a pirate thing when it started, I feel like that you know, IRC chats and XDCC bots and FTP servers that you can connect to and find stuff. All of that was based around finding free stuff. And that's where we all came from. That's, that was, I mean, I did, that's a lot of people. I know that's, that was our birthplace on the internet. BBS getting free stuff. Then, you know, XDCC bots getting free stuff. It, it just, the, it evolves. And now here we are willing to pay for things with our personal information, which, what is it worth to you? What is your per do you care? It's not my social. It's not my bank account info. Not yet. Uh, Who cares?
0: All right, so here's the problem. When content was scarce, content was scarce because the cost to distribute and produce the content, more so the distribution, was high. That's when we were all willing to pay for the content because we weren't going to be able to get it anywhere, anywhere else. Now that content distribution is... Not free, but approaching free uh, in terms of if you really want to put an album out there, you can set up a peer-to-peer network um, and allow people to download it from their peers, which doesn't cost you anything. Uh, When you do that, your cost to distribute becomes Essentially free. When your cost to distribute is free, people do not perceive that they need to pay for it because they are not concerned about the cost to create. They are only concerned about the cost to move. And it, it, when it shows up in a truck, people assume that, oh, well, we got to pay the truck driver. When it shows up on the internet and they didn't have to pay for it to be distributed to them, they assume that it doesn't have to be paid for at all.
1: Right. And there's more, I feel like there's more content being created because of how easy it is now. You don't need a full studio. To broadcast worldwide. You can do it in your living room or our full studio. You know, like, the, the barrier to entry is much lower. You could do a podcast on your Droid X if you really had to. Like, it's doable. You know, you couldn't do that before. So there's more flooded stuff on the internet, which makes the good stuff come up, but does it make people want to pay for it anymore? Not necessarily. So let's, uh, let's move on real quick before we do app picks. I want to talk about this. Why do people at... Uh, what was this? Mobile World Congress think Windows Eight is better than Android and iOS. Is it that great, Jeremy?
2: It's it, for, from for a tablet. It's going to be awesome. I really think that better than ICS. Um, I haven't been able to put my hands on ICS. Okay. Well, I haven't put you know, my hands I, on I Windows. bit. Have I haven't put um, my hands on Eight. So, but from from, you know, I don't have Eight on a tablet. You know, I, uh, I've got it on a computer. I've looked at the stuff that they're talking about implementing and and transitioning out to a tablet, and it looks pretty awesome. Uh, One of the things we need to keep in mind is that Windows 8 on a tablet is borrowing very much from Windows Phone 7, which, while it hasn't gotten the numbers, anybody who has it says it rocks.
1: That's interesting. It does look, it looks like it was built. I have this HP tablet here that is such a pile. Even with Windows 7 on it, I never use it as a tablet. I just don't. The screen is terrible. The responsiveness is terrible. It's just terrible. With maybe this OS, I mean, that's not going to make the screen better or anything like that. But it does look like it would work a lot better for this sort of form factor.
3: But they don't even make these anymore, let's
1: be honest, so...
3: So Jeremy, I'm I wouldn't say that I follow Windows 8 like I followed it at all. To be honest with you, is the the experience on a computer? Does it look like what I'm seeing it on a tablet? Like the sort of the tiles? Like is it the same when it's on a computer as when it's on anything else?
2: I, I'm just running the developer preview right now, and you, uh-huh. that, one of the things that you don't get great access to is is retiling things. Um, And granted, this was always there in Windows 7, and I never used it, but my start menu now is I hit the Windows key on my keyboard, and I type what I want to open, and I press enter. I don't even bother looking around for what I want to open, because I always know what I want to open, and that start menu search function is so convenient.
1: Is that quicker than window R, and then typing what you want? It just seems like they took away the R command, and then just said, here, type here instead.
2: It's the same, yeah. You know, same it's idea. Same idea. Okay.
1: See, I use that for two or three things: my calculator, my notepad, stuff like that. Everything else, I just have it arranged where I can get to it quickly. But I see what you're saying, though. It's interesting. the The, the main points they were saying: um, iPad isn't going anywhere. This is from uh, CNET, uh, Scott Stein writing. He says that it has huge popularity, a massive app catalog, dominating market share. But that number two spot's wide open. Android tablets have been far from compelling, except for the Prime when it works. Uh leaving the doorway open for Windows 8 tablets to state claim. So he says apps, Android has apps, iOS has apps, whatever. Microsoft's currently middling collection of Windows 8 apps can't compete yet, but they will, he says. Do you think I, is it too little too late? Or they're not going for massive developers though, right? They're making them in house. No,
4: I mean they're they're paying developers, right? They are going I mean Microsoft's actually done a pretty good job of of developing an app catalog, curating one by paying app developers to, you know, the high tier ones, right? So they have oh, okay. they actually have a pretty decent selection of, ca- of apps. Um, I, you know, I, I've, I've looked at this Windows 8. I haven't, like, downloaded it, but I've looked at, you know, pretty extensively videos and walkthroughs and things like that. And, uh, I mean, as a tablet OS, it looks okay, maybe, but, like, I, I'm worried about, on a desktop, this looks terrible. Like, I don't want this on my desktop at all. And that's sort of a narrative that's emerging. Is it's sort of this weird mix, right, between a tablet and desktop OS, and that maybe it's not going to do either of them very well. It, it may be do <laughs> tablet better than desktop, but it's going to do. Um, to me, that I don't, I don't want this thing on my desktop. It looks like a like a beast that's not helpful at all. But well, maybe Jeremy, because you've been messing with it, maybe you uh, you know more about it. But like this whole um, Metro style interface, like all those different like little. Running uh, widget type things look like that's not like I don't want a contacts I don't want every contact sitting on my desktop like right like maybe on my phone. No, it's
2: it's not going to be like that. This is another example of the press getting a hold of of a concept and running with it for for eyeballs and link bait. Yeah, stop it, being
1: dude. terrible press. Seth. I don't Jesus. even know how it's yeah, helpful.
2: It's... Like I
4: walk, I read it, like I looked at it. I don't know how this is how I don't. All right, know here's,
2: how this is look at it this way. So. Let's say you've got a computer in your office and you have, maybe you're someone that doesn't use the computer 100% of the time. So maybe you throw up on, on widgets, the weather and your Twitter feed and a few other things. And when you're done, you bring, you tap your windows key and you bring that up and you're doing your other stuff at your desk and you can peek up and see what's going on. Oh,
1: so you mean like different desktops?
2: <clears throat> yeah, you could kind you could use it like that. I mean, that's how I'm hoping to use it. I see. You know, maybe maybe you have a separate monitor and you throw some throw it on there. I mean, not that you can't do that now. Sure. Um can
1: I give Seth another use case? Sure. Seth, in 50 years when you're 90, you're really going to appreciate those big giant tiles. <laughs> that's all.
2: Here here's what I think is really going well, on. I I don't think that Metro on Windows 8 is actually about Windows 8. I think it's about Windows 9. Ah,
1: so this is like the vista of that new generation, so to speak. So this might be kind of crummy, but the next one, that's going to be the one. It's it's not
2: going to be crummy. It's the one OS to rule them all. Because Okay, okay, so let's say Windows 8 is out for three years before Windows 9, right? Give or take. Sure. That's the target. At the pr- rate of progression that phones have been going and tablets have been going, would it not be feasible that in three and a half to four years, phones, tablets, desktops are all, can all could all run the same operating system?
1: No. Because We're the,
2: talking about quad-core one and a half gigahertz processors. The
1: FTC will never let that happen. That's called a monopoly.
2: No, no, that's not a monopoly. And let's not go down that road. That's, okay. a, that's a, a lengthy conversation. What I'm saying is if you can have, with minimal changes, a program that will operate on a tablet and a phone and a computer and maybe even the Xbox, that's really compelling as a developer. That's really compelling as an ecosystem, which is i I believe is the most important thing if you're a big tech company like Microsoft apple Amazon. It's that need to develop a broad ecosystem. so what Windows 8 is in my opinion, maybe is to convince people to desensitize people into seeing this similar interfaces across phone, tablet, computer, gaming console, etc here's my worry, Jeremy, is that
4: a operating system on OS set up for touch, I don't know if it's gonna work. I don't I could see you doing things for touch that are gonna be annoying with a mouse and then trying to like figure out how mouse how mouse gestures translate into touch gestures was translating different types of operating systems and like in a sense I kinda would just want like my touch screens, you know, my touch screens and my mouse stuff to be mouse stuff. And I don't know if I want them to be uh sort of smashed together in ways that you know, Windows thinks it's helpful to me.
1: Is it because you don't want to look dumb and keep touching your non touch screen screen, or can you not use a mouse to click on that stuff? Because it seems a bigger target who can No, cares? but the problem is is like, like I mean, the
4: there there are UI things that are different with like swiping and up and down, where it's like, do I want to hold my mouse button down uh, and flip them off with right, my left? You right. know what I mean? Flip them off to the left, or hold my mouse button at the bottom of the screen so and hold flip on. it up. You know what I mean? And stuff isn't, like it, that,
1: isn't it smart enough to know? what type of interface you're using and switch. Yep. But what I'm saying is, is that you have the same UI, right? That,
2: but then you're assuming you that, have to? Thank you. You only have to develop for one code base. You can have different interfaces. You can so rearrange... Like so that's what this is. This
4: is the metro versus the whatever under, underbelly that they have
2: under there. Uh, you could look at it. You could call it that way. But even within the application itself, you can have it laid out differently. Best example... If you bring up a web page on a 24-inch monitor, it looks one way. If you bring it up on your phone and you know oftentimes you get re- redirected to m.whatever.com, right? It's made differently. Same website, same content, but they've got a little bit of code that they worked in there to make it work a little bit better. They can completely do that with applications.
4: So so that seems more to me like a uh a boon to these manufacturers or to Microsoft, not necessarily the end user. You know what I mean like, and and maybe that's fine to have one thing that does it all. I'm just worried. I, I just want my things to function differently. I want my I want my tablet to function with a touchscreen, and I want my computer to function with a mouse. They always will, <laughs> just for you. Seth. But I worry. But I worry that this Windows so, 8 thing doesn't do it very well. Like for instance, they have two versions of of Internet Explorer. They have a Metro Internet Explorer, and they have a Windows—they've got a Windows Internet Explorer. You know what I mean you're like, what? Why do they have two Internet Explorers? Like, what's going on there? Do I use one with my tablet and one with my mouse, or do I? I probably uh,
2: use one with touch and one with traditional
4: controls.
1: I, have, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I had a hard yeah. enough time removing one Internet Explorer from my Windows system. I don't need to mess with two.
2: And I,
1: I personally, I
4: may, maybe this is, but. I, I mean, I still like ICS a lot. I think, although, I mean, there are some problems with it. Like, I wish it was a little easier to open the app drawer. And What? There's, some- there's a
1: button. Hold on, hold on. There's a button
4: right here no, I know, in the middle. I know, it's way at the top right of the screen. It's no in knowing. the middle. I want it to be in the bottom.
1: It is. What are you Seth, talking you are about? Even. Seth, <laughs> what are you? I got to go all the way to the top of the phone. Seth <laughs> wrote an oh, article God. that the Galaxy Nexus sucked because it was too big for his little tiny hands. No, no,
4: tablets tablets i'm talking about matt The oh. tablet uh, my tap my at least hold on maybe i'm wrong but my you're wrong dude my cyanogen ics on my touchpad the the open apps button is on the very top right of the screen and it's oh. annoying
1: yes you're right
4: but isn't that where you <laughs> yeah. hold
1: it it's right no there. i hold them on the bottom why are you holding it like that i don't know hold it better hold it <laughs> wrong. You're, hold it, you're holding it wrong, Take hold it wrong. <laughs> okay well Go let's uh very cool, very cool. Uh, app picks for okay, Windows 8? Okay, this
0: week in lame Apple excuses.
1: Thank you, <laughs> Joey. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least it's better than Apple and Android. I mean, that makes us feel better, right? Sure. Sure.
2: No, okay. There's no way
4: this is better. I mean, in my opinion, there's no way this is better than either one of them. But we'll
2: see how it works out.
1: Yes, we will. Do you want to talk about LG? Why are they doing the next G-Nex phone? What's up with that? L G. Not... I, I have a theory. Please.
4: Hold on, hold on, just to be clear, though. But now there's rumors that HTC. Every, everyone
1: is in talk. Can story. we all do a Nexus phone? All of yeah. us. Everyone is in talk. We so. should all do one. Even when our kind of the androids. This is sort of a the non. story the androids.
2: Nexus Seth. Nice. Would <laughs> <laughs> be fantastic. It's just it's just going to be covered in hair.
3: I just assumed <laughs> that it it was be the Nexus
0: hair. <laughs>
2: wow. Well,
3: and, and then you'd have girl. an app called oh, Seth that you could oh. talk to.
0: And we could give it a cool, geeky name like, uh, uh, I don't know, Dalek Seth. Oh,
2: my God. Wait, the Nexus <laughs> you just dribble? pull out a Doctor Who reference? I'm going to edit I that did. one out. It's okay. Huh? Okay. That's um, what I thought that was.
1: I had a theory that About maybe... The Cult of Skyro. Because they bought Motorola, they were like, well, let's just throw this one to... Uh, who makes all those yeah. burner phones? Oh, yeah, LG. Hey, LG, can you make a burner Galaxy Nexus? <laughs> <laughs> they are not? Yeah, that, you know what I mean? A, a
2: Nexus? Aside from the, lo- the low-end thing, I think they're just casting dispersion You know, from, from Af- the fact that they bought Motorola. After
1: Samsung's debacle with it, and then Motorola getting purchased by the Google, and then they're just like, here, LG, here's <sighs> a Christmas present from us to that's you. In- that's interesting,
4: but uh, I forget if it was Eric Schmidt or one of the other Google guys, uh, was saying that they've tried to develop a—and the word was Firewall— between, Microsoft, between Motorola and Google, which actually I'm not really happy about. I
1: well,
4: kind of don't want there to be a firewall. I me. know,
1: right? Didn't we talk about that last week, though, where they replaced, who was it, the head of mobility with one of Google's own people? How is that making it a firewall?
4: I don't know, but that's what they were saying. So. Okay. Well, I think it was maybe
1: Sergey. I'm not
4: sure well, who it
1: was. Huh, you guys on a first-name basis? You want to get him on the show? <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> All right, At picks. Um, Jeremy. So I had an issue uh, instance this week. A, a client had emailed me and said, ah, server, not working properly. And I was in the car. I wasn't really feeling like unpacking my laptop and tethering and everything so I could check out what was going on and figured, hey, I've got this 4.3-inch screen. Let me see what I can get for RDP clients. And after trying a bunch of the free ones, I settled on 2 x ex-clients. Uh, free, fast, worked well. Um, mouse translation, which oftentimes is, is in my opinion, a challenge going from touch to mouse, uh, with any of these emulators, uh, worked pretty well.
1: Better than VNC?
2: Um, I wasn't able to use VNC in this context. This is, ah, um, okay. I was connecting to a Windows server that was running, that was set up for, uh, terminal services.
1: Ah, okay. Interesting. And that worked pretty good,
2: huh? It worked very well. It was actually quite fast. Nice. I was pleasantly shocked.
1: Nice. Good call. 2X, client RDP remote desktop by 2X Software.
3: Uh, Eric? Yeah. So uh, my pick is Apex Launcher. So this is another one of those uh, launchers that are only for ice cream sandwich. Um, I like it. You can sort of do a lot of things, uh, some fun things with it. Um, like I I feel like there's a lot of like uh, lost real on each of my home screens so i just made the uh the app grid much much uh i guess smaller or larger how you depending on how you want to look at it but i can fit more stuff on my screen now and uh seth you can even add a little launcher for the app launcher anywhere on the I'm screen I'm doing oh. so that would make you very happy oh man i'm did, doing it did he What's do it that again <laughs> it's apex launcher and um you now, don't need root access to install it, uh, but it is you like miss out on some features if you don't. And you can get it for free over at XDA.
1: Now, Eric, is that the same Apex that made the ROM, or is this totally different? Because there's an Apex ROM for the uh, OG Droid, and I think the Droid X back when I first got into that. Uh, do you know?
3: You know, I don't. I don't know which team uh, does this, but okay. I mean, they're they're really they're fairly organized uh, whoever is doing this um they have a feature list and they're you know they're probably on the higher end of uh you know when people post something on XDA you know, they're the higher end of being organized this is really nice so they say that this is based on the
1: AOSP 4.03 launcher which if you guys don't know the AOSP is that's like that's pure android right that's i forget what it stands for what is it stand for
3: the android open source project Thank AOSP you thank you
1: yes uh and it is uh you do need 4.0 or higher to run it so very and cool. it's pretty snappy
3: i mean it's it's fairly fast i don't know if it's faster than the native uh launcher for the prime because that's what i'm running it on but right you know it's it it doesn't i don't really have any jitters or any other issues with it so it's pretty good
1: yeah sounds like lots of good comments cool good call uh Sif?
4: so mine is I am um, I'm I'm actually recommend this not necessarily because the app is so great but it's so it's box.com um, and it's giving 50 gigabytes away for people who sign up for it now so uh, it's actually a pretty decent alternative
1: to Dropbox if you're running out of storage Now do you know why that is? Why what is? Why they're doing that? To get people to sign up <laughs> Right, but do you know what they're afraid of? Dropbox And why? Okay, you got to help me out here. Come more. on. What, what, what deal did Dropbox just make?
4: Oh, did they make it with HTC or something like that?
1: Uh, and what are they coming with? More storage? 25 <laughs> gigs. Come on. Huh? 25 well,
4: for gigs. for anyone, anyone with any sort of uh, Android device. You should get them you both. You sign up, you now get 50 gigs of storage.
1: Can you just get them both? I want your 25 gigs. I want your
3: 50 gigs. And there we go.
4: Yes. Yeah, there's, now you get 75 cloud storage space.
3: Perfect. Yeah, but then you have to buy one of those ugly One (laughs) X's.
2: I don't ever want that phone.
3: And you know
1: what, Eric? What does One X remind you of? When you can't get... Slow internet. Right? When you can't get 3G, dude. It says One X. I can't believe they did that. Come on. You're telling me that never crossed their mind. Like, you guys, there's some negative connotation with this One X (laughs) stuff. Oh, man. All right, Joey? Joey?
0: Okay, this time I'm pulling a uh I'm pulling a Seth. I'm pulling a, an Android free app of the day from the Amazon store. Uh this is Astral Plague. A S T R A L Plague P L A G U E. It is a combination of an arcade shooter and um something along the lines of like tower defender. Um it's a buck forty nine normally, uh, and I got it for free in the Amazon App Store of the day. For this was probably a week and a half ago. It is quite good. You get to fire uh, missiles at, in, at attacking aliens that are trying to eat you. Uh, not to give too much of it away. There's multiple missions, uh, hours and hours and hours of gameplay uh, for a buck forty nine. Well worth it. Hey Joey, is it anything like uh, Total Annihilation? For those of you who are not aware, I've been playing Total Annihilation on the PC. That is an old, 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 old real-time strategy game, and it does actually exist, despite the rest of the crew seeming to think that i wait, lost wait. my marble. So that's a real game? I thought you were... Oh, wow. I thought that was a reference
1: to something we can't even talk about on this show. Never mind. No, my app of no, the week. No, no.
0: Total Annihilation. First real-time strategy game that was ever popular. in another... One or three, Cave Dog Entertainment, now okay, owned listen, by Atari.
1: Listen, I can't believe I'm going to take this there. But in a different industry, when somebody says the words total annihilation, it means somebody just got wrecked. Moving on. My app of the week, Satellite, AR. If you are ever out there staring at the stars and you see one move, and you're like, whoa, what is that? It's a satellite, dummy. Uh, this will tell you the name of that. Is that your cable satellite? I don't know. You can uh, even put in objects like the ISS, the uh, space station, and it'll give you a countdown on how long it will be until the space station is visible where you're at. Now, this only works if you have good GPS lock. So, I mean, it'll work without it, but it's really deadly accurate when you have good GPS lock. And uh, it's just pretty neat. You go out there... I mean, if you guys live in a place without light pollution or with little, like we have up here in Montana, this is a great app to have. Between Google SkyMap and this... Like, it's awesome. So, analytical graphics oh, scene. Cool. It's called Satellite AR. Check it out. Uh, yeah. They did a lot of good work on this. It's, it's very cool. So, there you go.
0: I believe that's a show. Was there anything and, else? And, and for those that thought I was lying, in the chat, Wikipedia article on Total Annihilation. So, uh,
1: thanks, guys. It's been a slice as usual. Always a good time. Email show at attack the Check out our site, attack You can leave us a message 406 204 4687. Joey, Jeremy, Seth, Eric, you guys are my family. I love you guys. <laughs>
2: Except M- for maybe maybe some of the listeners want to play Total Annihilation with Joey.
1: <laughs> we'll put a link to the wiki in the show notes. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week.
0: Goodbye. <laughs> Attack
1: of the it's attack of the Androids it's attack of the Androids Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids attackoftheandroids.com